Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. Another million dollars up for the taking today is last week. Somebody knocked it down with the optimal lineup. I think a couple people in the industry knew that person. If you're watching this, congratulations to you. And uh, yeah, very good week for the community in general. If you're talking about just a betting perspective, it seemed like everybody was on Webb Simpson, who comes through, closes the door, shuts out Abraham Answer um, at the end of that one. And really, Abraham Hamster just not being able to birdie 18 ends up not forcing a playoff. So you end up getting the Webb Simpson 28 to 1 is where I had it for a hit. Ended up getting a huge week from the DraftKings perspective. We have been extremely hot the first two weeks back here. And this week, we're lining up for another similar course, whereas it's a Pete die just like last week. It's another short course. It's the shortest of all the courses we've seen so far with a par four that is definitely going to be gettable. You saw Brooks hitting like, I think, 330 yard drive. Obviously, bounces, get some more on it. He drove that par four, but you have a 6,800 yard course at TPC Riverdale Highlands at the Travelers 2020 is what we're going to be attempting this week but just last week to kind of close the door on it yeah i mean we had hatton at one point he was the leader in the clubhouse at 17 under for 60 to 1 odds bets on him at some points we had brooks there as well big players that were in a lot of our lineups even dustin johnson who finished t17 was fine at the price point we said look dustin johnson and brooks if these guys are going to be in the mid to low 8k range 8500 8400 8600 right around that price point they just need to get you a top 20 they both did brooks finished fantastic as well and now you're in a position where a lot of the lineups are just absolutely crushing last week max homa gets it done for us just missed the cut on the number two weeks ago but he's playing fantastic last week just gets another good weekend so we had a very good week last week after following up a very good week the first week uh the two best two weeks run of my so far 2020 season when it comes to uh, the, the DFS side, but the outright marker were there as well. Morikawa just breaking our hearts last week, but we're back here again, feeling really good. These short courses are lining up very similar. So it's a very interesting way to start off the break because the guys up top are not having this insane advantage because these aren't 7,300 yard courses, 7,400 yard courses. This one's going to be a little over 6,800 yards, which means that doesn't mean they're at an extreme disadvantage for their skill sets by any means. They're still elite players. You still see Rory up top. You you still see Bryson up top. You still see John Rahm competing, Justin Thomas, all these guys. Rory hasn't been able to put together four days of solid golf, but you still see the elite guys up there. It's just now that everybody has a chance to actually go out and win this thing. Chez Reeve last year ended up winning at 17 under here. So I'm excited about last week. Hopefully you got a piece of that. If you're brand new here, be sure to hit the like button. And if you're not brand new, but you watched last week and you like what you saw for the last couple of weeks from golf or all my NFL videos, please do be sure that you're subscribed to the channel. Bottom right hand corner, big old subscribe button pops up on the screen. Take your second of your time to do that. On the podcast version, I do a $50 giveaway weekly and only like three people do it. So that is or if you hit the subscribe button on the podcast and leave a podcast review on Apple iTunes, you do not have to have an iTunes account to be able to do that. You can do it as a guest as well. So be sure to do all that stuff Link down below. But the big one, subscribing on YouTube helps this channel grow a ton. I will call out that I do have Patreon exclusive content as well. And last week was fantastic. The Closing Thoughts podcast on Wednesday, it seemed like every single thing that we were putting out there was a hitting and in a major way from just bets to the DFS plays seven thousand six thousand dollar range hits were fantastic homa was one of them this week at seven thousand dollars flat or last week and he's again seven thousand for some odd reason but you can go ahead and check that out i have projections rankings these models on there so all those things are already done we just had a guy win a hundred thousand dollars reaching out on discord we had a couple guys winning twenty thousand dollars on outright betting tickets we had guys winning four five three thousand dollars so it was a very good week for the community in general on patreon and that's just the start of the good week on patreon there's probably at least another 15 or 20 people that reached out turning five dollars into eighty five dollars turning twenty 
$25 into $700, right? Things like that. So last week was like a great week for Patreon members. Be sure to check it out. Link down below. Go ahead, get in there. What are you waiting for? You're missing out on a ton of quality information. So let's get into this course specifically, and then we'll get into some of the picks in each of the price ranges. As you can see, the 8K and above range is on the screen behind me right now if you're watching on YouTube. So the course itself, as I kind of hinted at earlier and really said, TPC Riverdale Highlands is going to be the Traveler's 2020 course, which it usually is. It's a Pete Dye design. It's 6,841 yards. So if you're not familiar with golf and you're still just kind of getting your feet wet and you're starting to enjoy it based on the first two weeks that you got of uh, just fantastic golf and crowded leaderboards, there was like 40 guys in contention on Sunday at the start of the day, if not more. Well, you're going to be getting an even shorter course this week. Usually if you're finding these par 70s, if you see the number say par 70, usually means a short course. You're looking at par 71s, par 72s for the most part. So a very short course here with now POA greens. I believe they converted from bent grass greens back in the day. So that'll affect some golfers play something major, but it will affect some golfers. And then hole six here has played the easiest on the course over the past few years. It is a par five, 591 yards. And you also have another easy par five, hole 13 is the second easiest course here at 534 yards. And hole 15 is in the third easiest for the par four at 289 yards. And that's one I want to discuss that one because it's only 289 yards for a par four. So usually your par fours are going to be even the shorter ones in the low 300s, maybe 315, 320. 289 yards is a gettable par four. We've seen players drive this uh, Dustin Johnson in the past. Players just Bryson has been here a ton. Just drive that uh, par four and you're going to see it a lot more. So the eagle opportunities will be there on that par four and it should be a very easy hole to pick up some birdies on. It's a very short hole, uh, hole 15, the par four. Talking about the field here, the defending champ, Chaz Revy is here. He won at minus 17 under last year and this is a Bubba Watson course. I mean, he has a couple of these on tour. He won in 2018 at 17 under as well. He won in 2015, 2010. So you're looking at Bubba having a lot of success. Peak Jordan Spieth towards the end of his peakness in 2017, won at 12 under you have 33 of the top 40 golfers in the world at this course and some big golfers are making their debuts last week you had Hatton and Matsu Sama Hideki come out and make theirs post-COVID this week you're gonna have a couple more big names and Patrick Cantley and a man named Paul Casey so these guys it'll be interesting you had last week Hatton just ball out it didn't matter for the break with him but Hideki struggled if you're talking about the betting markets Hideki had a, a shorter number so maybe not take the risk on that whereas Hatton was still 60 to 1 so both of these guys have kind of short numbers if you're looking at guys like Paul Casey 33 if you're looking at guys like Cantley 22 so it's really hard to trust these guys coming right out of the break but also Cantley's a top 10 golfer in the world Casey's top 25 so it's an interesting thing to see I guess if you're going to do it I would take the longer odds player in Paul Casey at 33 to 1 but even that's not long odds so in the betting market I probably avoid these guys coming back even though I did have Hatton last week was just such a long enough number and the guy was cooking like two wins in his past three or four starts so that's kind of the way that I look at it but in DFS they're going to be in play for me just looking at key stats here before we get into the ranges so the key stats are similar to what we've seen the last few weeks if you've been tuning in ball striking and approach player going to matter but do not be fooled and i have this in my notes also another thing on patreon is just i take about a page of notes for the course the field all this stuff i'm pretty much saying now key stats i'll add anything out throughout the week but don't be fooled and say that okay it's going to be a shorter course so the bombers don't matter here no no no. when the bombers are elite bombers and right now the elite bombers are your guys like bryson rory john Ron, right when it's these guys dustin johnson are in the field brooks when all these guys are in the field they're not going to automatically just become they're not going to suck right they're not going to go off the tee and not matter it just means that now everybody else is sort of on a more balanced playing field.
field. So when these guys probably have a wider gap between the rest of the field in their chances of winning, or at least based on the odds, right? You have Rory coming in instead of being normally seven to one and like uh, Bryson or Justin Thomas being like eight or nine to one as a second favorite. You're having them start at 12 and 14 because it's just more of a fair playing field when you don't need to win based off your off the tee game and your tee degree doesn't have to rely on your off the tee and your driver as much. But when I'm going to say ball striking short game, right? Your approach play approach is a big one here that are going to matter. It does prop up the players that have that skill set even more. And a lot of those elite guys have that skill set. So guys like Bryson have great irons and approach play. Guys like Rory has great iron, right? All these guys up top are going to have that Webb Simpson. So you don't have to just automatically dock them down. You just have to let, know now that everybody's on a more balanced playing field. And we've been lucky with these three in a row. It's not normally like this on tour. Normally you're going to get a bomber's course. You're going to get a short course. It's going to be all mixed around. We've had three in a row now of the short courses where guys with their irons, their approach play, their ball striking are on a more level playing field, if not have that skill enhanced now. Driving accuracy will matter a little bit more here than in other places on tour. I think it's a 6% difference or approximately a 6%. Scrambling is not more important here by any means. Greens and regulation is about tour average here in terms of how important it is. In the last two years, the cut line has been negative one. If you're interested, last three out of the four years, so on Friday when your players get cut or not, it has been negative one the last three out of four years and the last two years. So we started off in the 10,000 plus range, which for back-to-back weeks, we now have six players at 10,000 plus, which again, it's normally five golfers above 10,000. Now it's six golfers. So it's a lot of familiar names. You have Brooks Kepka going from the mid to low 8K range to the 10K range after one good showing. And he did look good and he has played here three of the last four years. You have a guy in Rory McIlroy who we're normally seeing an automatic 20% ownership guy, right? Let's look back at Rory's numbers. The Genesis, 16% on, 26% on the WGC, smaller field event, 41.8% on the Deanna Palmer, 15% at the Charles Schwab, and then last week, just 12.5%. Now his price is coming down, but his play is making him not want to be taken here after his first time in over a year back-to-back weeks of not finishing top 10 or better. And overall, if you're looking at the four rounds, it's not bad golf. And again, he's making the cuts. He's finishing uh, 32nd, 41st, but he's just having one or two bad days. Of the Charles Schwab, it was one bad day. Last week, it was two bad days. So you're looking at him finishing with gaining everywhere outside of putting. He ends up losing 0.9 strokes putting, but he just can't put together four solid rounds of golf somewhere he's blowing up. Two weeks ago, it was on Sunday. This past week was on multiple days, Saturday being a big one. So you have Rory at 12 to 1 in the betting market. He's starting to get to that number where he's like an auto bet if he gets like 16 or 18 to 1, in my opinion. But right now, again, if you've been following my content, these are loaded fields. I don't need to get Rory versus the entire field. I don't need to get Bryson versus the entire field, whether it's DraftKings or a betting market right now. So although I do think they're both attractive to get into your lineups, I have X's by them and I'll have my full interest on Wednesday's closing thoughts with my ownership and where I think ownership's coming in, where you shouldn't be. So again, get the Patreon link down below, banner on the screen. Hit the subscribe button, all this stuff popping up right now. But for me, I'm probably gonna be starting my lineups in the 10K plus range at a man named John Rom, who I bet on last week at 18 to one. I have another bet on this week at 20 to one is where I saw it open. This number is just way too low. You can probably find it maybe even 22 to one in some spots. But last week he comes in with 11% ownership. He's going to come in with even less ownership now that Brooks had a good week and people, all the casuals playing the Millie Maker and everything. No Brooks Kepka from winning majors. You have Wim Simpson who just won last week right above him. So John Rahm's in the sandwich space where I think a lot of people who are casual still don't know who John Rahm is, or at least don't know him relative to Bryson's social media hype, Rory, Brooks, right? Even guys like Dustin Johnson. So you're going to get good numbers on John Rahm and that's what we're getting in the betting market, but you're also getting that in DraftKings. John Rahm's $10,200. John Rahm is consistently in not as loaded fields and when he's on top of his game, which again, I mean, a 33rd in a miscut after the miscut really knocked down his ownership. Now he finishes 33rd. Although again, one bad day of golf. I do think that John Rahm at 10,200 is right there for you. So if you're looking at the 10K plus range, he stands out the most for me. Now Brooks did get back into the swing of things. I had a bet on Brooks each of the last two weeks. I did like Brooks last week in DraftKings. We had a good amount of him. And I think everybody did based on the price point, or at least everybody should have, but he only comes in 10% owned, which is pretty shocking to me. I don't think he'll be that popular based on the price point now that he spiked up. The man was just balling. He had six strokes gained, T to green, 6.9 strokes 
strokes off the tee. His, his around the green play was pretty good. He gained 3.8 with his putter. So everything was really clicking. The big thing for him was just the off the tee game was clicking. Again, that doesn't matter as much here, but if you can do it very good, it will still benefit for you. So John Rahm's a guy who stands out. Again, Webb won last week. He was uh, bad the week before missing the cut, historically bad. He's on a hot streak right now. So if you want to keep riding it, that's fine. The price point does spike upwards now from being at 9K flat to 10,500. So it's not the exact same golfer, although it is. It's not the exact same DraftKings pricing golfer. When you see a $1,500 price spot, we bought the dip last week. We got him at $9,000 in a lot of our lineups. The highest on golfer for myself. He was my highest rated golfer if you have Patreon rankings and all that stuff when it comes to cash and also GBPs. When it comes to your overall value rating, he was my best value rating based on price point last week. But for this week, I'm I'm probably going to get away from him. I don't like really building too much in the 10K plus range personally, um, at least in these loaded fields. So John Rahm is where I would start with and then skedaddle out of there. If I'm not playing one guy, I usually don't get to a lot of Justin Thomas just because I prefer Bryson and Rory who are not that much more expensive or then just save 600 and get down to John Rahm. So I, I doubt I have a lot of Justin Thomas. I probably won't have a lot of Webb Simpson. I don't think I have a ton of Brooks. So Rahm, Bryce and Rory are the ones that I would get here, but really just Rom if I'm if I'm being honest with you and starting off some lineups there. So now let's get to the 9K range. In the 9K range, we get one Patrick Cantley back. And Patrick Cantley is the definition of a guy who's just a, usually a chalk bunny. Now I think after he's coming back, again, a lot of casuals probably don't know Patrick Cantley. When I say casuals, I mean players that have never played DFS golf before until the last couple of weeks. And you might say they don't know anybody, but they've definitely heard of Rory, obviously Tiger Woods. They've heard of some of these names, maybe even Dustin Johnson, Ricky Fowler, Jason Day, those types of names, right? Phil Mickelson. But even if they're casual and they watch golf just for the majors, they probably don't know these names as much because, well, the PGA Tour just does a terrible job highlighting these guys and marketing them for the future of when Tiger and Phil are not actually out there. But that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. But Patrick Cantley usually picks up a ton of ownership. I don't think it will be the case now since he's just coming back from a break where you saw guys like Hatton and Hideki not pick up a ton of ownership. But before the break, 19%, 24%, 25%, 21%. That was his ownership numbers. Those ownership numbers, if you're not familiar, are usually like the top one or two ownership numbers right up there with Rory, right up there with guys like Xander and more cow that usually pick up ownership on every single event. So you'll get Cantley at a lower number. I just don't want to be playing him in this loaded of a field at a high clip. I love playing Patrick Cantley. And as you can see, everybody else normally does. Um, Patrick Cantley was pretty consistent. He's very similar to Xander this year. And maybe he had one bad round or one piece of his game was not clicking. But for the most part, very, very consistent golfer. And this is where his finishes have been pretty much this year. He hasn't played a ton. A fourth of the tour champions. He had to do a little bit of surgery with his nose or something. I don't really remember. 11th at the AT&T and a 17th of the Genesis. Those are strong numbers. Now he's $9,800, which is a price point that is a little bit eh, hard to get to. I'd rather get to Rom for $400 more. I'd rather get to a ton of guys below him in this 9K range and even in the 8K range. So although Patrick Cantley it has not played and we haven't seen a lot from him, I do have interest. There's just so many guys right there with Xander, Dustin Johnson that we're about to talk about that I do like them a little bit more, but I will have a couple of shares of Cantley, just nothing major, probably not in any of my high stakes lineups right now. My first yes in the 9K range, if you can't see the screen and you're listening on the podcast, is Dustin Johnson. And Dustin Johnson last week, again, just like Brooks, even though they were very cheap, not coming in with a lot of ownership. And I don't think they'll be insanely owned because of the range that they're in this week, surrounded by guys like Justin Rose, Xander, Cantley, Morikawa. You saw at the RBC at T17 last week, he gained seven strokes T to green. The putter, the around the green play, the short game was still struggling for him. Something that has been his issue for a while now. Now it wasn't massively, like he wasn't losing a stroke and a half to six strokes like he lost at the WDC, but he is only gaining right now in like two out of his last 12 contests. He hasn't gained since the Genesis in February. Before that, he hasn't gained since the Tour of Champions, his first event back January 5th. So the putter is a concern here and short game will matter, but something 
something else that does also matter here is approach play. That's been fine. And he's coming off of gaining three strokes on approach, gaining more than four strokes TD Green in the last three out of four contests, and nothing major lost to Charles Schwab. I think DJ's clicking a little bit here. I'm going to have right now a bet on him around 30 to 1 is where I saw the number where I got it at. So Ram and DJ are my bet so far. I do like Dustin Johnson at 9,400. It's nothing insane though. Like his price point comes up about a thousand dollars. And although we saw some some positives from him last week, I don't saw I don't think we saw enough out of him in the putting department. I don't think we saw enough out of him overall turning his game around. And the fact that this is not going to reward bombers as much of a course, although he will be fine here, it's going to reward other people more. So it closes that gap. Like I said earlier, he's not a guy, although I have a yes that next to him, that's okay, automatic 25% on guy. No, no, I just like him here in general at this price tag because just like Brooks is $10,000, you can tell me that DJ would have opened up at 10000 this week. And I said, okay, so I think you're getting a slight discount. And this is how you know it's a crowded field. And this is how you know there's casuals playing because nobody knows who Colin Morikawa is if you're not dug into the PGA Tour because he's a younger player, just like all the other younger players on tour, Sanjay M. People know these guys. If you're familiar with golf, you're probably sitting there saying, how don't they know him? No, there's a ton of guys coming in that don't know him right now. And he's been fantastic. And just when he lost in the playoffs to Charles Schwab, he's having a very similar course this week, a shorter course, which will reward his ball striking numbers even better. His second shot, his approach play, all that stuff. And now you're getting him at the exact same price he was two weeks ago to Charles Schwab, $9,100. I love it. Give me all of it right now. I have a bet on him right now at 33 to 1 where it opened. I'm going to have a lot of him in DraftKings. I would assume so at least. Go get me some Kyle Morikawa. Now Morikawa last week just blew up over the weekend. I mean, he lost uh, on the short game alone, four strokes around the green and putting combined. He ended up just stinking total, 3.2 strokes lost total. He made the cut, but he finished 64th, pretty much dead fucking last after the cut. Uh, but he finishes second at the Charles Schwab, ninth at the Honor Palmer. So last week, I'm, I'm happy he finished that bet because I'm not too worried about that coming into this week. It is a short course. What is going to matter here? Ball striking, short game, and your approach play the most. That's going to prop up your game the most here. He is likely the best ball striker, honestly, in the world right now. Like there's a really good chance it's the best ball striker in the world that we're talking about at $9,100. He is definitely one of the best TD Green players in the world, sixth overall, and you're getting him for $9,100. He's sandwiching out around guys like Answer, who has been very good. Answer has been good this year. He's like top 12 overall in DK scoring and overall um, total strokes gained, but he's a situation where he just bombed out last week, balled out. He hit every single greens and regulation on Sunday and still didn't win the event. So you peaked like last week, I think answer peak. I think he's been doing fantastic. I think he could obviously win this week, but I don't want to chase the guy who just had like a historical performance. And now people at a higher price point are going to think that he's going to do it again. And then you look back at Daniel Berger, who's been competing everywhere, right? A win. And then last week almost wins the damn thing again after chipping in. I think it was on 17. You're like, is he going to birdie 18 now and be right there in contention? But now you're in a situation that he's priced up answer, just like Berger was. Berger went from like 77 to 8,900 when the past two weeks answer goes from that type of a range to now $9,000 flat. I'm personally not going to have any answer. I know that he did really well. I know that a lot of people like answer. I know that people had huge, huge outright tickets on him. I'm happy he didn't win based on my pockets and my Webb Simpson tickets. But for me personally, I'm spending an extra $100 in getting up to Morikawa, an extra $400 getting to DJ. I didn't really touch on Xander or Justin Rose. I think they're both fine. Uh, I probably don't get too much Justin Rose, although he's been playing fine. I probably get to more Xander. So this range, I like Morikawa the most, DJ, and then Xander and Cantley is probably where I go. I probably don't get to any answer, and I might not get to any Rose as of right now unless his ownership is just so much lower. So now getting into the 8K range, we go. Now in this range on my end, you'll see a lot of X's by players. Those means that I have interest. Like I'm not going to fade this entire range. Of course, this is a very good range. The 8K range is usually uh, where you find a lot of guys pop off. Last week, you had Brooks, you had Hatton, you had DJ. The 8K range is loaded. These golfers are very similar in terms of skill set as the guys up top. Those guys are the mega elites, in my opinion, your Rory's, your Bryson's, JT's, your Rams, but they're very, very similar when it comes to this course, propping up their skill sets. So a guy I normally love to play is Paul Casey. When you talk about how he fits this course, it is so well. He plays here almost every year. He's finished T5 or better in four out of the last five years in three straight years. The course was never 
remember this loaded though. So you can't really take course history too much into account. The only reason that I'm not playing Paul Casey with a, a yes by his name is because there has been a layoff. And again, it's not the greatest of a price point for a guy who's coming off a layoff. If he was $8,000 flat like Hatton last week, it's easier to take that risk on him because he doesn't have to prop you up. Hatton at $8,000, he finishes T25 or better. He's balling out for me. When Casey's 8,900, I need that T20. I borderline need that T15 out of you. And it makes it a little bit harder to trust your skill set when I don't know if you're rusty. But before the break, top five player in many departments of approach play, of T to green play, overall strokes gain, top 20 type of a player. So Casey, somebody that I usually play in this price range, I'll have some of, but I can't be as confident at the price point since we haven't seen him in almost four months now. This is the Bubba Watson track. I think everybody knows that now. He he won three out of the last like five or six years. Well, three times since 2010 here. He's won twice in the last five years. He's made the cut four to the last five years. I'm not going to get to as much Bubba. I do think that if you want to bet him, it's fine. He's going to come in at a nice number around 30 to one in some spots. I see it mainly at 28 to one right now. I don't have a bet on him yet. I know the course history is going to be good here, but very, very similar to the, the talks on Paul Casey and the other courses in the past. Course history for me here, although they'll like it, these guys should do good here. They should make the cut. They should contend at least or have a better chance to. It's a loaded field. They're not now the top five golfer in the field, the Paul Casey's and the Bubba Watson's. They're going to come in as borderline outside the top 15 golfers in this field when it comes to skill set. That just makes it that much harder to win. On Sunday, when you see these crowded leaderboards from the past week, who are the guys that rose to the top the past two weeks? The very good golfers, the top 20 golfers in the world, or at least at that point, Berger was pushing and now is right around the top 20. So now you're in situations where you have to just beat out not just scrubs who don't have the mental state on the Sunday, you have to beat out the guys who have been there, have one major champions, multiple of them. And now that's what you're competing with, which Bubba has as well, but it's just a lot tougher to pull off a victory. So I'm not going to get to Bubba in really any formats too much. He's fine at $8,800 to get to in DraftKings, but it's the same thing. I'd rather get up to Morikawa or down to this next range. Patrick Reed is somebody that I warned a lot of people about last week on the Patreon show. And I, I'm going to have an X by him, but I'm going to warn about it again. If Patrick Reed, he's very similar to Jordan Spieth right now. He's nowhere near as bad as Jordan Spieth in these departments. But if his putter is not getting electrically hot for him, he wins a month before break. He picks up 11 strokes with the putter. He finishes pretty well two weeks ago. He picks up like seven strokes with the putter. And now last week, he ends up losing strokes with the putter and it doesn't do well for him. And he ends up uh, finishing in a very bad spot for you at his price point. So if Patrick Reed's putter is on, you're probably looking at a top 20, top 15 pushing in contention on Sunday. If it's not on, you're looking at this guy's likely going to miss the cut or he's not going to finish all that well outside maybe the top 30. So for Reed at 8,700, I think it's a risky price based on these next like two out of three guys that I'm looking at. So Sunjay has a bad week and his price drops $1,000. Sunjay, I don't even remember the last time that he missed back-to-back missed cuts. Let's see the last time Sunjay went back-to-back missed cuts, if ever. Okay, you want to see here? Back-to-back missed cuts, PGA Championship and Charles Schwab last year. He ends up going in May of 2019. So it's been over a year since he missed back-to-back missed cuts. I believe it was Rick from Rick Run Good that said that the only time he's missed or his two worst putting performances were here at the RBC Heritage. So maybe it's just something going on there with the greens a little bit. He ends up losing 4.4 strokes lost putting. And if I filter just by strokes putting, the last time 3.7 strokes putting loss was at the RBC. So not a spot that he seems to like all that much. So I'm going to go right back to Sanjay here for a guy who's just been steaming hot before this missed cut. And maybe it makes people jump off of him, even though you can buy the dip now with the price point coming down. He finished first at the Honda, third at the Arnold Palmer, 10th at the Charles Schwab before his finish. I'm fine going to Sanjay where he's now cheaper at 8,600. He's in that Dustin Brooks range from last week. You get me a top 20 or even a top 25. You're completely fine. That's all you got to do for me. But we damn well know sure that Sanjay on a Sunday can be right there at the top 10 at the top five in contention. But all we need is a top 20 or 25 of him. Yeah, he could be a staple. He could be a starting point for a lot of your lineups. Next up will be Gary Woodland, a guy who has the Rory McIlroy syndrome right now. And he has this for probably the third time this year, just on Sundays and really on Saturday for this past week for Woodland, just blowing up. I think he had a quad. I think he shot like, and it was either on Saturday or Sunday. I think it was Sunday, maybe. He had like an eight. He put up an eight 
Last week on Sunday, he puts up a seven. He puts up a triple bogey. Two weeks ago, this past week, he puts up a, a quad bogey. So not great. Not a good way to stay in contention on the weekend. But he's still playing fine, and he's still having his price drop, if anything. Gary Woodland, 8,300, who was extremely popular, one of the most popular behind Webb Simpson, 28% last week. Maybe now, after uh, not really being in contention on Sunday, does good for people. But he's not burning anybody. So I think he's still going to pick up ownership. But this is what Gary Woodland did. He finished 62nd overall because, well, he lost 4.2 strokes tee to green, 4.8 strokes off the tee, and a lot of that came in one really, really bad round. And the weekend in general, he just couldn't put it together. Hasn't played here in three years, finished T38 four years ago, T25 years ago at this event. But he's still in a situation where he had one or two bad rounds and he's still really good every other time of the year. So $8,300, I'm liking Gary Woodland yet again, just because of the price point that you can get him at. So Sanjay and Gary Woodland in this range stand out. I think that Patrick Reed, Bubba Watson, Paul Casey, they're all fine. I'm probably not gonna have a ton of Reed, a ton of Watson, probably get to a little bit more Paul Casey. But then another guy down here that I really do like, and he's a borderline yes for me based on the price point, is a man that usually picks up owners but again, casuals probably don't know him as much. Tony Finau, because he was only 12% on last week, 20% on the Charles Schwab, but just $8,200 for Tony Finau. Finau has played these last two events, although he hasn't really been there on the weekend, so nobody's hyping him up as much. 23rd at the Charles Schwab, 33rd at the RBC. Again, those are fine points. If you're $8,200 and you finish 23rd for me at this event, you're going to do very well for me. And we know Tony Finau can be in contention. Tony Finau's off the tee game has been fine. His tee to green game is one, one of the best in the entire field. You're looking at a guy in Tony Finau whose short game is going to be his major problem here, but number four in tee to green and overall strokes gain this year. So I do like him at $8,200. So in this range, I probably rank it Sunjay, Woodland, and Finau as my top three guys in the 8K range. And I feel very good about all of them. I have outright bets on none of them right now, but I might go back to Sunjay at a 35 to one number. To so the 7K range we go. And before we do, take a second of your time, hit that like button right now on the YouTube channel and smash the big old subscribe button that pops up on the screen. That is the best way to help this channel grow. If you support what I'm doing, if you enjoy what I'm doing, if you hit the subscribe button within the channel, even if you don't subscribe to any channels, just do it for mine. Why not? This is beneficial information to you. And if you want even more of it. Wednesday's Closing Thoughts podcast is going to be on Patreon. My projections and rankings for all golfers. Two weeks ago, our highest ranked golfer and our best ranked golfer was Kyle Morikawa. Who loses in a playoffs. I'm sorry, only finished the second for us. Last week, the highest ranked golfers were John Robb, Webb Simpson, and Hatton. Hatton, so two guys who finished top three. Webb Simpson, who obviously wins the whole event. We're scorching hot right now. So check that out. When I say we, I mean me. So if you want to support me down below, let's get into the 7K range. I got three names for you that stand out. Although there's a ton of guys you can see in yellow in this column right here, the YS column in yellow. A lot of guys that I do like, I think are fine. Neiman coming off of a big week and a big round the other day, uh, shooting like eight under insane, a T5 here last year. But I'm going to start off with Victor Hovland, guy who does not pick up a ton of ownership either right now, a guy who's at a price point where a lot of other guys are, right? Ian Poulter at his exact same price point. A lot of guys getting on JT Poston and Neiman as of late. Corey Connors has been playing well. So I don't think Hovland picks up a ton of overall ownership. The short game, if anything, will be your biggest concern with a guy like Victor Hovland, if you're looking at around the green play, one of the worst in the field. But he is, when I talk about Colin Morikawa being probably as of right now, the best ball striker on tour, he is Victor Hovland ranked number one on tour right now. He's number two off the tee. He's top 10 in tee to green, top 10 in approach. This is a very good golfer for this very specific course at 7,800. I have an outright bet right now on Victor Hovland at 60 to one. He is the third guy that I have bet on so far this week. I believe I had bets on DJ and John Rahm and now Victor Hovland at 60 to one. I'll probably make a couple more bets before finishing this up. But if you're looking at Hovland, tee to green game off the tee, uh, approach game. All those things have been fine. The main issues are around the green and putting, which are the issue for really a lot of players. But if you get a week where he just is okay in that department, and like two weeks ago at the Charles Schwab, where he finishes 23rd, last week where he finishes 21st, he's losing no strokes. Zero strokes lost putting at the Charles Schwab, 0.3 strokes lost putting at the RBC. That's fine. Lose 0.3 strokes, I'll be fine. You'll probably finish top 20. You'll get us a good spot or even top 30. Well, Hovland's one guy that I like, and I'm just going to like the, the young guys a lot. Scotty Scheffler is somebody that I like a lot. Got him at 80 to 1 in the betting market. This is a guy who's a top 10 fantasy scorer when it comes to 
DraftKings. He's ranked 13th overall in strokes game total. He's a fine around the green type of a player relative to some of the other guys around here and that I like. Top 10 ball striker, top 15 tee to green. These young players, Hoblin and Scotty Scheffler, I like a lot this week. They're good approach players. They're good with their irons. They're good when it comes to picking up birdies for DraftKings scoring, and they're probably not going to pick up a ton of ownership. Maybe they see 15%. I say they're going to be closer to 10 to 12%. Scotty was doing very well before the break at T15 at Arm Palmer, very tough course. We saw him at the A-Max, of course, finishing third, where he had an overnight lead, slept on that lead. So Scotty at 80 to 1, somebody that I like a lot here in this range. Between Hoblin and Scotty, because of the price point being a little bit cheaper, and Scotty just picking up a ton of eagles and birdie opportunities, I'd probably go to Scotty Scheffler over Hoblin here, but I'm fine getting them both in your lineup. Like if you want to get both Scotty Scheffler and Hovland in your lineup. That's a lot of upside in my opinion, even if they don't place high. Like if they place like 15th and 20th overall, based on the fact that they just drop down birdies and drop down some eagles as well in a lot of contests, they're going to be in a situation where they can be in the optimal lineup, both of them at that point. And then if you've been watching and listening to this show this week, you're going to probably already know that Max Hama is somebody that I want to get. I played Max Hama. I've been playing him every single week pretty much since he started popping off. I believe I got on Max Hama when he finished ninth at the Farmers was the first week that I rostered him and I wrote it out. He then finished sixth, 14th, fifth, 24th. So I was like, I'm going to keep playing the guy who continues to be wildly underpriced. He misses the cut at the Charles Schwab at a $7,500 price tag. He misses the cut on the number after playing very good golf. He doesn't blow up anywhere. He actually gained strokes off the tee, gained strokes tee to green, and overall was gaining strokes. He just didn't play fantastic, right? He played good golf, and guys around him were just playing really good the first two days of the Charles Schwab and going low. Well, he plays some better golf, and at one point he was like tied for seventh. He finishes 41st overall, but at $7,000, that's all you need to do for me. His approach play picked up. That's the thing that was really popping off and why he started to go on this run. He was gaining strokes and approach five straight events before, not gaining strokes and missing the cut to Charles Schwab lost 0.4 and last week his approach game his irons got hot again 6.2 strokes gained his tee to green was hot and again this is another course where that's going to matter he's $7,000 the price point does not move even though heading into the weekend he was like a top 10 player overall last week and he played fine heading into the weekend as well with the t41 finish so Oma another guy at $7,000 flat that I'm going to get to there's a ton of guys in here if you want to talk about Billy Ho if you want to talk about Ryan Palmer Benny Ann Corey Connors all these guys you can go in there and get Connors is a guy that at 7,500 does scare me for this type of a course it's so, so short that if he's not hitting with his irons, which he's very good with his irons, but if he's not hitting the green, it's going to be a downfall uh, in his DraftKings scoring for sure. To be honest with you, between 6,900 and 6,500 range now on the screen, there's nobody that stands out. There's nobody that's a yes as of right now for me. Like, I, I like guys. You can see a bunch of X's, but the 7K range is guys that stand out a lot. And then obviously that eight and nine K range is a lot as well, but this range, not a ton. And like I said last week, I'm really not hovering into the six K range all that much. And I don't expect to this week as well. You have, you have Carlos Ortiz here who finished 33rd, was playing very, very well. At one point he was 14 under and very close to the lead. He's going to be in this range. He's going to be at a decent price point for you of 6,800. Although that price point does come up. He's one of the best in this range. If not, I believe he is the best DraftKings scorer in the overall range, but it's a situation where you're paying 6,800 for him. I'd rather have Homo who I think has a little bit more consistency and more cut equity, but that being said in four of his last five events he's finished 33rd or better and then in three of those four events he's finished 26th or better so he does have upside Carl Ortiz in scoring I think a lot of people know that at this point so he stands out you have the first round leader a guy who's continuing to play better as he goes on in Matthew Naismith his scoring average continues to go down these guys won't be owned so ownership really doesn't come into effect all that much here but he played well he's gained on approach in a ton of straight contests I mean if you're looking at it his past five contests he's gained on a stroke on approach he's only lost 0.1 before that so if you take out that event he's gained on approach in his last eight contests because that was pretty much a neutral split and approach play is what matters here his td green play has been fine as well so yeah matthew naismith another name after being a first round leader he's probably not going to be only 6600 he stands out a good amount here so like ortiz i probably like naismith a little bit more for the skill set matchup at this course and then the last guy at least point to is vaughn taylor he doesn't set up that well here but i think he at least has a skill set at 6500 to produce something for you and then if you want to go lower into the ranges if i go to the 6.4k to 6k range there's not a lot that i like down here like sepstrop is down here tommy ho gets 6400 is interesting grio if 
you want to continue to have a heart attack at this point is 6,300. And I go down a little bit more. Lanto at 6,300. Lanto has been terrible. Although he did shoot better on um, on Friday, I believe, but he still missed a cut. He went four under on Friday after going five over. He was in one of my high stakes lineups. I think I put in Discord. And he didn't actually ruin that lineup. That, that lineup still won $1,250 because it had Hatton, it had Brooks, and it had a Webb in it. So it was a 333 buy and It still won 1250 even with Lanto having a five out of six making the cut. So uh, Lanto, although you didn't ruin me, uh, you definitely held me down from doing some much, much better things last week, uh, i.e. just going to Carlos Ortiz or something like that. Lanto, another guy down here. Cameron Tringali is going to be here. Cameron Tringali's approach play has been very good. Cameron Tringali in general has been very good as of late. So I do think that at 6,300, if I was to put a yes by one of these players' names, it would be Cameron Tringali at 6,300. And then probably Tom Hogue gets Tom Hogue at 6,400. If you want to get real crazy and just go all the way down to the bottom here, the 6K Rangers, man, Zingzu Zhang is down here. I would probably not play him in DraftKings, but if you want to outright bet him at 600 to 1, go for it. He does have some skills that line up here relative to the other players in this range, at least if you're looking for just a quality bet. 600 to 1, I actually think is, is good value. But if you're looking at EV, like the expected value of that actually paying off for you, him winning in 600 events, yeah, I think it probably happens. So I think that it's a decent bet to at least look at. You want to throw $3 on that. You got an $1,800 winner if anything goes crazy. So that's his below range. Again, these guys don't pick up a ton of ownership. They are going to be factors, but they're not going to be major factors in my lineup. So that was a little bit of a longer video, but I appreciate you all tuning into this one. And please do hit the like button before you go and the big old subscribe button that popped up. Check out Patreon. I will be live tomorrow on YouTube, but also the Patreon exclusive podcast where I talk about my plays, where I'm going. Last two weeks have been very, very good for us in both the betting markets and outright. A ton of people reached out for drafting. Somebody won $100,000 on our Patreon. So be sure to check out Patreon linked down below as well. Hit all those things. You check out my draft guide for the NFL season has launched on my website link down below as well. It's a limited time offer for just $10 down below. So you can check that out. That's only going to be a summer offer. So I appreciate y'all tuning in. My name's Sal. I appreciate you and I'll see you in the next one.